Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2018. All right. It's that day. It's time to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, and the family themes that are found in that particular movie. Punch it! Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So I know yesterday <laughs> I started off by saying that compared to other Star Wars films, The Last Jedi probably turns the least on family dynamics. Like the events of the movie are comparatively the least driven by family dynamics until, you know, a crucial moment basically. But for the most part they're not. And now I'm about to tell you that as far as Solo A Star Wars Story goes, if there is a Star Wars movie that turns on family dynamics less than any other movie, I would say it's Solo. I'm not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker tomorrow and say, remember what I said about Solo? No, Rise of Skywalker really is the least of them all. Now that's not how it's going to turn out because it really does kind of turn on a family dynamic or three. But anyway, as far as Solo goes... Yeah, not a heck of a lot. And we have been expanding the definition of family to some degree, not just the blood relation situation and not just the adoptive family situation, like, say, Leia being adopted by Brea and Bail Organa, but also by the family that you create, by the people that you gather around you, your compatriots and companions, and that sort of thing. And I don't feel like you really get the sense of that with Solo, A Star Wars Story. We have Han and Kira at the beginning who are orphans and being made to steal to survive, all of that stuff. They have sort of partnered together and they're in love with each other, obviously. This is creating a family of a sort, or at least on the way to creating a family of a sort, even if they're not thinking of it that way. And I guess even though you could, in some sense, define the scum rats as being, you know, one giant unhappy family, that's, you know, not really how they see things either. They're just basically... Prisoners, slaves, if you will, just stuck doing this in order to survive. Yeah, it's not what you would call family in a you know, real active sense of the word. Of course, Han and Kira get separated trying to escape, and Han, three years later, is in the infantry of the Empire, having been kicked out of the Imperial Flight Academy. The whole goal was for him eventually to get back to Corellia and... He still seems to want to do that because he's still thinking about Kira. So, is that family or is it just, you know, it's the one that he loves? Ah, you know, I feel like there is sort of an overlap there, but doesn't necessarily feel directly like family to me. And even falling in with Beckett's crew and getting Chewbacca to help the two of them escape from Imperial custody. Again, you know, family doesn't necessarily seem to play into it so much. Although I suppose you could argue the case that Beckett's crew is a family of sorts. They're certainly dedicated to each other, and you know Beckett and Val are married, so there is a you know, long-standing kinship between them, and they've talked about retiring together and all this stuff, so it's all together the more poignant when things go awry on Vandor 1 with that train heist, and Val dies, unfortunately. 
<sighs> yeah, it's a blow to the family to be sure. But it's not necessarily a family dynamic that drives the plot, drives the story, drives the character arc and development of the characters. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite work in that particular sense, unlike how it's worked in previous Star Wars movies. And as far as blood relations go, there's precious little talk about that. Enfys Ness talks about her mother briefly, and certainly her mother is a motivating and inspiring force for her. Han and Lando have a brief conversation about parents when Han initially gets onto the Millennium Falcon. He talks about how his dad used to work the line at the Carillion Engineering Corporation plant until he got laid off. Lando asks him whether he's close with his old man, and Han says no, and Lando says, yeah, me neither, but my mother is the most amazing woman I've ever met. No mom talk from Han in that regard. We get interrupted in the scene by L3 at that moment. And this, of course, makes me want to know more about Lando's mother. So if Solo 2 ever happens, I think we have to have Lando's mom appear in this thing. And I would like to know what happened with Han's parents, too, and Lando's dad. But, you know, Han was an orphan when we met him in this movie, which suggests that his parents are either dead or had to you know, get rid of Han for some you know, terrible reason. And it would be interesting to know what that story actually is. And that's as much as I have to say about families in Solo. Although there is one crazy fact that I learned today about Solo that I did not know but discovered as part of my prep for this episode. And I will share that with you. It relates to Warwick Davis after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So, Warwick Davis, we first met him in Return of the Jedi as Wicket the Ewok, and he has appeared in every single Star Wars movie since. However, his appearance in Solo, A Star Wars Story, is actually an encore appearance. It turns out that the character he's playing, named Weasel with a Z, is the same character who appeared in Jabba the Hutt's box during the Boonta Eve pod race in The Phantom Menace. Yes, that is Weasel as well. He was working as a thief for Jabba the Hutt, and at some point after the Republic fell and the Empire rose to power, he became one of Enfys Nest's most trusted lieutenants and spies in the Cloud Riders. How that actually happened hasn't been defined, but Warwick Davis himself has said that he thinks there may have been something along the lines of the fact that Weasel was, you know, gambling and falling in with a bad crowd and thinking to himself, oh, I really need to do something better with the rest of my life and that that might have ultimately led him to working with the Cloud Riders, but obviously there is a large gap of time in which some details need to be filled in. But anyway, there you go. Today I learned that Weasel from Solo A Star Wars Story is the same Weasel from The Phantom Menace. Hope that was uh, news for you too. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Now 
or some by some is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.